Welcome to Home Builder Happy Hour. This is Kelly. And Ryan. And we're serving up the latest trends in the home building industry to help you navigate this competitive market. So go ahead and pour yourself a drink, relax, and enjoy the happiest hour of the day with us. Cheers. Cheers. John, thank you for joining us on Home Builder Happy Hour today. Thank you for having me. We're so excited that you're here and we're excited to be talking with a salesperson who's also a millennial uh, to tell us all about the front lines of home sales today. Awesome. I'm excited too. Um, Okay. So I want to start for our listeners who don't know who the famous John Gilbert is, who they, if they're in sales and marketing council, right, they should know you. You're like award-winning famous, but Tell us how you got into the industry and why, why you're so passionate about selling homes. Yeah. So I got started at a super young age. My mom has been in escrow my entire life. Um, And basically since I was about like 10, 12 years old, I would literally hop on like realtor.com. I found a couple of my family's homes that they ended up buying literally when I was 12, 13, they had my, my aunt was an agent. So she represented them, but I would find the houses. So I just always, I've always loved real estate, always had a passion for it. Um, and then I went to college. I thought it was really important to get a degree, got my degree, came back. I was like, you know, I want to hop into real estate. So got my license and my mom had a colleague who was in new homes and her, um, her partner at her development actually went on maternity leave. So they had an opening. And so it was a good opportunity for me to get started. And I fell in love with it and haven't stopped since it's just, it's, um, you know, I feel so lucky and so blessed to be kind of younger and stuff too, but definitely find myself in a, in a career where I'm my passion is aligned with like what I do best. You know, it, it's a, it's a good feeling too. So I love selling houses. I love, I love helping buyers. That's the biggest thing too, especially first time home buyers. Oh my gosh, there's nothing more rewarding. So you said your mom was an escrow when you were young. Did she work for a new home builder or was it in a different in resale or where was she? So she worked for with resale agents. Um, she kind of, she still does it. Um, so she has, she's very good at her escrow. So she has agents that are loyal to her. They will only use her. So that's kind of been her, her bread and butter is her network of people. Um, she has done a couple of builder loans, but no, she's not a traditional kind of builder escrow officer where they're, they're contracted for a development. Got it. So it also made me think of this other thing when you were saying, when you were like 10 to 13, you're like on the realtor.com, right? Yeah. Just looking at homes. Yeah. Like for fun. Yeah. Oh, totally. I loved it. Do you still do that? Oh, well, I'm looking for a house for myself right now too, but I could spend, I could spend hours online just looking at houses. Yeah. And I think it's, I have an interest in interior design too and stuff. So it's fun to just look at different houses, different price points, different areas. Um, And so I, yeah, I could watch HGTV all day and and be perfectly happy. (laughs) Yeah, I I can understand that. I see there's a competition on my phone that goes really between TikTok and Realtor.com. Like, I don't know which one I spend more time on, but I can get sucked into both, you know, completely different things. But, you know, they both draw my eye. Gosh, that's not me. But my husband is all over the Zillow. I mean, it's probably 60% of his iPad use. I'll say iPad. He doesn't really do it on his phone is Zillow. Like he, you could be driving around our neighborhood or neighborhoods he's interested in. And he'll be like, that home's 1.2 million. That's a four bedroom. And it's only 700,000 that like every, like he just knows the whole Zillow map. It's crazy. 
Oh, uh, yep. I, I can relate. <laughs> and he's always showing me, look at this one, babe. Look at this one. Just $32 million. I'm like, just, we need a few partners to go in on that one. But I yeah, like it. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So when you first got started um, and working for a builder, which, where did you go first? So I first was with Christopher Holmes. They're, they were a small kind of private family-owned builder um, down in Newport Coast and stuff. So I was first selling a development for them in Azusa, kind of closing out when my uh, my partner's colleague went out on maternity leave. And then I did really well there. And they asked me to come on board for a Ladera Ranch neighborhood. So that was kind of both ends of the spectrum. And then, you know, the, that's the fun part of new homes, in my opinion, too, is that I'm exposed to so many different neighborhoods, different markets. You know, I've been Azusa, uh, Ladera Ranch, South Orange County, to Inland Empire, Ontario Ranch, when that was first starting too. So it's kind of fun to see different areas. Um, but yeah, once I went there, I was at Christopher Homes. Um, then I went, made the move to Century Community SoCal when they first started. So the very first neighborhood they had, um, that was fun. And then I came on board to Brandywine. So I, I, I love the, uh, I personally love the small private family owned company. I think um, it's really it's just a cool vision we have. And I, and I, uh, I definitely align with their values for sure. I like it. So let's talk about Brandywine for a minute. And I was just curious, is the Rosedale community, was that, or it was Rosedale and Azusa, it was. right? Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, that's what I figured. We did some work with them. Like, I mean, that community has been around a long time. I'm going to say 10 years ago, like it's been around a while, but, um, it's a, it's a great property out there, like against the Hills. It's really pretty. Yeah. That was fun. Um, okay. So you work with Brandywine. Let's share a little bit about who Brandywine is. Cause why not? We have the opportunity. Yeah. So Brandywine, we're a small family owned uh, private builder here in Orange and LA County. That's where we focus on, um, our specialty are infill development. So that means basically coming into neighborhoods with already established communities, um, and let's say there's a gas station or an old school or something that an old piece of land too. the one that I'm at right now is just a piece of empty land that we like to revitalize neighborhoods, bring in new homes, add more housing. Um, so that's kind of our specialty. We're not going to be typically in a master plan neighborhood. Um, we want to keep our, our home buyers taxes as low as possible. And so with that infill's kind of been our, our niche and, um, yeah, it's been really fun. I, I love everything about it. Awesome. So full transparency here, Brandywine is one of our clients at Get Community. Yep. Just everybody knows, you know, Um, (laughs) and we wanted to have you on so that we could talk about, you know, the work we do together and just kind of make it super conversational and learn from the things that we've tried, especially in social media. I was going to say, you were saying they build some mostly pretty small infill neighborhoods, but you guys have a pretty big one coming up, which is big. Is it your biggest one? The one that's in Carson? I believe so. I know we had one in Long Beach about two, three years ago. That was 135. I think this one's 175. So I think this is going to be our new largest one. Um, Yeah. So we're, we're always buying land, you know, wherever we have a couple of projects in the works too, in the future too, that are, are on the larger side too. But Again, it's all about wherever we can find that that piece of land within an already established neighborhood. That's kind of our, our our specialty. Right. I love it. Okay. So before we get into talking about, you know, social media and some of the fun things we've done, yeah, I want to ask you, because you have been selling homes for over five years, a little over five years, I think. Yep. You started pre-pandemic, just a, like you're kind of halfway stuck in the middle almost here. You had a True. two, three years before we had a pandemic and now you had two plus years practically or about two years into a pandemic. 
there's been so much change. I know for us, like we had to kind of screeching halt and make a right turn and go like figure out how to communicate with people in a different way. Yeah. Um, but you being like on the sales side. Ooh, I mean, at first it was, it was a little scary. Like it was for everybody, you know, but um, it's funny, actually the week or two before pandemic began, um, my, my colleague and I, Robert, we actually took Tom Ferry's marketing edge. It's like a marketing boot camp, and it was all about virtual. It's all about, uh, videos. That's super important to buyers photos using your social media. And so for us, um, you know, I'm just grateful that we had those tools literally right beforehand. So right when the pandemic began, we cranked out the videos too. So we literally created a, an individual video and we were so like novice and stuff that we just, I created a, um, what's it called? A Vimeo account. And I just, we did an individual video for all 52 of our home buyers, just saying, Hey guys, just wanted to update you because they couldn't come on site. So it was all about kind of creating that experience, making sure our faces were in front of them still. Um, and since then, you know, I, I think video and getting our faces out there has been hugely helpful. I think oftentimes in new homes in particular, you don't know who the agent is that you're going to visit. Um, whereas for us, when they could see our face on Instagram, they could see our face on Facebook and stuff too. That already, when they came in the door, they were, they were a little bit, uh, guards were down a little bit more too, which is good. It's helpful for us. It's helpful for the homeowner too. Um, so yeah, I've, it's, I got to be honest too, when we were started, I was like, ah, I don't like being in front of the camera and stuff. I don't, I don't enjoy this and stuff. But after seeing the, the benefits of it, it was so it, it's, how could you not do it? Right. Yeah. I'm shocked to hear this, John. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, someone's got to do it. Yeah. I, I love that idea of, um, you know, um, where you say you have people that come in that they've already seen your face, you know, um, and it, um, you know, I think of it, you know, in terms of that, um, you know, the, the old terminology or still terminology, but the cold call versus the warm, warm lead, you know, and it's like, if you have that, you know, you have a connection with someone, you know, before they even walk in because they've seen your face and, you know, they have that comfort level. I, I would think, you know, you get being there that makes a difference in terms of, you know, maybe even just that initial trust level when they walk in and, you know, their, you know, uh, their desire to communicate with you. Yeah. It's all about building that rapport with buyers, even too. I mean, you guys have seen my dance videos and stuff too. I've had buyers that come in the door and they're, oh my gosh, I saw your dance stuff. And it's just like, it makes them laugh. It makes me laugh. It's a, it's a fun starting point. Mm-hmm. I love it. When the pandemic first hit and pretty much all of our clients, you know, closed their sales offices, everything went virtual, no touring, what have you. We put together a couple of things too, you know, like we did a whole, how to use a video, you know, how to use your phone and make videos guide, you know, um, and did just all these different tips. Cause we knew also anyone who hadn't been using video, which was a lot of builders True. needed to overnight start and it kind of, it, it totally exploded. I don't know if you remember just like looking at people doing Instagram lives, you know, uh, and Instagram stories and having to put their face on camera was a big, big change back in 2020, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was exciting for us because we were already pushing our clients into creating more video and it was so hard to get them to personally get on camera, like getting salespeople on for us, just even to edit and put something together was 
not happening. It just wasn't happening. And then it was like, we had all this access. So that was exciting. And that was around when you guys became a client of ours and Brandywine had social media, but wasn't really using social media. And so we were so, you know, we had actually been talking to Brandywine a little while before they actually hired us. Um, So it was exciting for us. And it always is when we're starting with a new client who isn't using social media very much. They don't, they maybe see the power and the greatness of it, but they don't know how to do it. So for us, it's like fresh, fresh ground, you know, like we have a lot to work with in that case, but working with you guys was so fun because I mean, you have one of the most fun sales teams of any of our clients. There's just something, there's something different about you guys. Maybe because you're like the, the millennial leader of them, it seems like. And you're like, we're charging ahead. We're doing this. I've always been a team person. And I, uh, I just think it's important to invest in your team too. And we'll do lunches together just because, you know, we get to really know each other. And, it's, and that's, again, why I'm attracted to the small private family-owned builder too, is because it is a family. You know, and, and I think that's what makes it resonate through the content too. You know, people can see when they see our videos that, okay, it's not perfectly edited and it's, it's fun and it's re- relatable. It's realistic, you know, and I think that's what people want, especially with TikTok. That's what it's all about. You know, I thought at first with TikTok, seeing my nieces have it and stuff too, that, you know, okay, it has to be perfectly edited. You need the transitions, you need the perfect timing. And then sure enough, here they are just putting the phone down, take a video and like upload it. That's didn't care about it, you know? So I think a lot of the times I know with starting out social media, I think we get in our own way. Um, we're just trying to be perfect, perfect on it um, as opposed to just doing it. So tell us some of the ways in which like, we're going to get into some of the corporate work that we did with you, but tell us, how you are using social media to communicate with your buyers. Cause you've done something a little different outside of the corporate social media. Yeah. So I actually created um, a community Instagram page for my neighborhood and it's open to anybody. Anybody can follow it up to new homes. Uh, <laughs> we'll be up to new homes. We'll be closing it as soon as we close out, but check it out right now. Um, but yeah, it's for us, it was, we were navigating a process where, we had a small construction site. And so with that, it was difficult to bring people on site. And in traditional new home neighborhoods, you know, buyers want to come by once a month or maybe once a weekend and just check out the progress of their home. And unfortunately, with just kind of how compact our site was, we couldn't, um, we didn't have the space for that. So with that, the way to get over that and was to basically do an Instagram page where I could upload photos and say, hey, this is, we have framing, check it out. We have, you know, just upload the progress um, to where buyers felt like they were involved. I think it's very engaging too. We have a lot of people comment on it. Um, and it's just fun too. I mean, the use of stories too, to show, hey, we sold another house this weekend. That always makes people feel good too. So um, yeah, I think that personal touch too. And, and the thing about that too, is that it's not going to, we're not going to get a bunch of random followers. It's kind of specialized to our buyers because we tell them about it. That's what I was going to ask you. How do they know about it? Yeah. We always, uh, it's at the bottom of our emails, whenever we email everybody to like, Hey, check me, be sure to check out our progress update on Instagram. And then I would hyperlink the, the link to our social media. Here's what I love about that. First, it isn't something you would normally see a salesperson doing. And that's going to be for a lot of reasons. Maybe they're not allowed to have their own social media. Okay. Because corporate's dictating 
how that's going to look and feel. And they want to approve and know everything that like that's going on. So a lot of salespeople aren't going to be able to do this, but we're in a great position of being a small company where you are allowed to do it. And the builder trusts, you know, what you're putting out there. I think you guys talk about it pretty frequently um, as a team, but what's great about it is that you know you have this small audience. It's not like we have to put money towards this account, right? To build it up when we're already doing that for corporate, but it allows us from the corporate perspective in social media to be so much more informed about what's happening on site. And it allows us to just, the things we want to share to the greater audience, to share it up in the stories. And we love that. Absolutely. It's been fun. It's been fun to see the the organic kind of content engagement and stuff too. I know I was surprised we did a little um, bathroom video when we had our bathrooms installed in the framed houses and Robert was doing a splish splash dance or something. And we got like 4,000 views and we have not even a hundred followers. It's crazy, but it's just about, it's about the sounds you use and just being on trend and stuff. And it's just about, I think the biggest thing is having fun with it. You know, since we're able to, like you said, some people don't have that, but um, since we are, we're going to take advantage of that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. That's a good segue into talking about reels, Instagram reels, because this was something that we did with your team and it was new for us. Like we would be pushing Instagram reels and TikToks for a while. Um, but as with anything new, even on a platform that's technically old, <laughs> it's hard to get people to buy in. They haven't seen anyone else successfully do it. So Instagram Reels was kind of new for Brandywine, and it was definitely new for us getting a client to commit to doing a campaign, not just like one video Yeah, that truly, truly embodied what people are doing on Reels and or TikTok. We did it in Reels. So (laughs) here we are, right? We're like, we think you should do Instagram Reels. And you guys were like, okay. And it's not like they just appeared out of magic. I kind of want to talk through the process of how we created the reels with your team, um, which started with sales team buy-in because we needed you guys to be the superstars, right, of the videos. But maybe you could tell us um, just about, I know we worked with like four of you and you all had different personalities, like kind of talk us through the process of breaking that down and figuring out like, who's going to do what style. That was the first thing, like who, what's our personalities? What are we willing to do on an Instagram reel? Yeah, I think, well, first off, I'm super appreciative of you to your team for, for igniting that too. Cause I've always pushed that, but it's like, you need two people to push it for corporate to understand it too. So I'm super grateful for that. But um, I think with Instagram and with TikTok and the short, especially the videos and stuff, you want to make sure everybody's a character. You know, I was even just listening to a podcast about it and it's about the character that the real estate agent is. And so with that, it's what are all of our strengths? You know, um, my colleague, Miley, she's really good at just doing tours and stuff. She's the Vanna White, you know? <laughs> and my colleague, Robert, he he wanted to do the tips and stuff. Nobody wanted to do the dancing. So I took that on. I took that for the team, but I had fun with it. It was good. You did great. You did great. <laughs> and I think too, with, with the pandemic and not being able to go out dancing with your friends, I was like, you know what, I got to get this out. So it was just having a good time. But um, I think it's all about just figuring out what complements each person to and their personality and, and what feels, um, again, authentic to them. That's the biggest thing about successful short form videos, right? Is that it has to 
come across real. It's not staged. It's not acting. It's, it's just real. Um, I guess that's why they need it reels, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Good point. I think that, yeah, the authentic piece that you're saying, like we couldn't have done that with actors, you know, back in the day, video would always be actors. Sometimes you might use a home buyer or whatever. Now we're so much more, I guess, just used to seeing the actual people make videos that aren't polished. And so, yeah. So ours that we created with you though, are like semi-polished, right? But at the same time, it's just you guys. Like you guys did such a good job of just expressing who you are, but there was this like whole process we went through. So it was like, here's the person, you know, here's our personalities, what we're willing to do. And then the next thing, just for people who are, you know, I think it's fun to go through this for people who are thinking about doing a series of Instagram reels, um, that there is... If you're just doing it on your personal account, you might be able to spend an hour on put your thing together really quick and do your captions and whatever. But we did a whole series of videos that did a lot of different things. We had tours, we had like how-to videos, we had fun trending dancing videos um, that all kind of made this one big I don't know how to explain it, just like a series, like a story that you could go through. That's what I like. Like when you go to the brandy wine. Um, Instagram page and you click on the reels and you can just watch all the reels. There's like a story that kind of unfolds as you just watch one after another, you learn something here, there. um, And it's fun, you know, and it also hits that organic piece, which is why anything new is so great because you don't have to pay to play, right? the social channels pushing it into the algorithm. So you get a lot of organic views, which is exciting about something new. But so first we did your personalities. Then we figured out um, what you were all willing to do. We looked at trends to see, you know, like we want to use this trend because we got to get in on that because that's always going to push your video for more views. But then it was kind of like sitting down and we had to write out each video. So for yours... Like you sang a song on your first one, right? I had to, I had to get with my 14 and 15 year old nieces, come up with lyrics to Meg the Stallion. And it was a fun week. We made it fun, but. Is that how you did it? Oh yeah. I was like, we have to, cause we had that, there was a teacher video. Then I think too, that's a great thing about TikTok and, and Instagram reels is that there's so much inspiration out there too. There's so many other types of content. You know, the dancing video was taken off of a teacher who was introducing herself to her students. And so it's like, okay, why couldn't I as a salesperson introduce myself to my prospects that walk through my door? Um, And so I think you can always take different elements. And I think that's, um, you know, what kind of made our, our social media successful too, was the variety that it had. We didn't have one thing every Friday. We had differences. Um, We did have consistency. I think consistency is really important, but I think the variety of it too, is what made it fun and engaging for the viewer as well. Yeah. Overall, it was just, just fun. Just having fun. <laughs> it is just having fun. I mean, what would you tell people who are like afraid to go out and make their own sing song dance, you know, trendy video that is selling their homes? What, what is your advice? Yeah. My advice, honestly, is just, just do it. Don't even think about what others are you know going to say or anything to just do it, you know, have fun with it. Um, and ultimately for me, it's, it's a service to my buyers too. You know, that's, that's the, best thing about it too, is like I mentioned in the beginning, they, they get to know me too. They, they feel like they know you more than just walking through the door and having greeted, you know, when in sales, especially, um, 
when you walk through a door, people are kind of off put. They have their guard up right away too because they feel like they're walking into a car dealership sometimes. And so they don't want to get too sold right too quickly. Um, whereas with this too, again, I've, I've always as a salesperson, and I think what's added to my success is I always wanted to come across as not a salesperson. I'm here to help you. That's what I love about new homes too, is that, hey, I, if I have a house for you, I will let you know, I'll help you through it. And if not, like I'll give you a recommendation for another house too, because I want what's best for you. Um, and I think that's where Instagram really adds to to the buyer. It's another service for them too, is because again, they are getting to see that before they come into the door. And like Ryan mentioned earlier too, they walk in, they're, they're a little bit, that rapport is already there. Yeah. And the, um, you know, we, you talked about it a little bit before, but those personalities, you know, in, um, you know, in, you know, the thing that we struggle with and you know, Kelly talked about originally too, is, is trying to get salespeople on camera, you know, and lots of people are just so nervous, you know, or they don't want to do it. Um, and, um, the idea that, you know, well, there's so many different trends. There are so many different things. You don't have to be the singer and dancer, you know, um, to, you know, to get on and, you know, make an impact or, you know, make that connection. You can be that person that just likes to be shy and behind the desk and still, you know, do the trend. That's just the pointing, you know, and it's just like, uh, you know, that's it, you know, you can be that person and make that your, you know, um, you know, your persona on there and, um, and still make that impact. And it still translates to all these other things that you're talking about with, you know, okay, well, that person then recognizes you coming in. So there's a little warmth about it. And, you know, they may have a little bit of idea of your personality before they come in. If you're the dancer and the, you know, the one that's, um, you know, you know, more free and willing to be on video and more comfortable with that, then they come in and they kind of know your personality, you know, when they come in, you know, and I think it just, you know, helps put people at ease, but, um, but it is, you know, knowing, you know, that you have sales agents and, and, you know, really talking about your guys's team, um, you know, that was willing to, you know, just put themselves out there and then, you know, um, you know, find each person's little persona, um, you know, is a, is a big deal in crossing that bridge of, um, of entering video. And I, I think, um, you know, the Insta reels and, you know, TikTok and all of that, you know, creates a great opportunity for people to step in there. And, 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 and absolutely. And I think too, especially in sales, people buy or buyers, they buy people, they don't buy product all the time. And especially in new home sales in our market in SoCal, right? Like if you have neighborhoods like Ontario Ranch, where there's 30 neighborhoods that buyers are going through, you know, I've had times when I sold out there where you just want to make sure the buyers can remember you. And that's, and again, even if you're the person who's on video and stuff and just pointing, that's, that's fine, but it's something that sets you apart. And that's always been my thing is how do I, how do I make sure my buyers remember me to remember my neighborhood, to remember my homes? Because they're seeing a lot of homes, especially with Redfin, Realtor, Zillow. They are exposed to so many stuff right now. I know for myself, I can't keep track of homes sometimes when I'm working. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about like results. You mentioned it like a little bit already that people, when they come into the sales office, they're like, oh my God, I saw your Instagram reel. What I, and also I know on calls when you're talking to the whole team about what's bringing, you know, people in, I know social media for you guys is a big part of that. I want to hear more about why you think that is how you feel like the result of doing these Instagram reels or using social media, like how it's helping you develop relationships and sales. Um, yeah. So I think the result's been 
surprising and astounding in my opinion. It's been, um, to be honest, I've, I, even when I was first getting in the business, I never thought a buyer would buy a home off of Instagram. Just never thought it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. A buyer has to look at the MLS data. They have to see that's, that's how my mind is off is working, but times are changing and, and, and we got to change with the times too to stay relevant. You know, that's my biggest thing, but um, honestly for social media, I think it's driven, you know, probably a quarter of our traffic too, just with the the sponsored posts that we have on Instagram too. And, and people, you know, how many times are you looking on Zillow at a house? And then when you scrolling through your Instagram, looking at your, your friends and stuff too, then a, then a Zillow ad comes up or a real estate agent ad comes up. And so I think to be in on that and to look into other industries too, I always look at the resale industry too, with resale agents, what are they doing? How can we apply that to our industry too? Because if it's worked for them, why couldn't it work for us? Um, I think it's, to be a good, to be a good uh, account on social media, you have to also consume social media too and see what's relevant. See the sounds that are relevant too, because sounds are. Um, I know you guys mentioned one of your podcasts too, just how important sounds are too. And sounds can be the the thing that gets you views more than anything, more than your your account, your followers, your likes, anything. It's if you do the sound that's on trend, you're going to get a thousand views. You know. Yeah. So the only, I only wish, I, I hope for our next neighborhood, we can do more. I only wish that we, we did more content through Upton and obviously it's a smaller neighborhood, but now going into the next project with about 175 homes, I definitely want to make sure we're doing some more consistency. I'm already thinking of ideas and stuff too. And just again, using it as a tool for us. I love that. Okay. You mentioned before about how you got recognized somewhere. I want to hear the story about this. <laughs> so I actually, um, we're down to our final couple homes and um, I was at the Dollar Tree getting balloons in my neighborhood just to have our open house signs and have the, you know, just have it stand out a little bit too. Obviously any neighborhood you get stale after a while, that's normal. So let's get it, spend 20 bucks, get some balloons. Right. So I'm at the dollar store and then Dollar Tree and this lady behind me, she's like, oh my gosh, wait, I know you. I'm like, oh, hi. And I have my work shirt on too, but she's like, no, I've seen you on Facebook and stuff. You're the Brandywine guy. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, sure am. And so she's like, yeah, I looked at the model homes that they were great and stuff, just not the, not the time for my family. So I told them about our upcoming project, but uh, yeah, that was a first. I was not, never expecting that to be recognized in public, but it's a surprise. It may not sell you a home, but listen, <laughs> I, I do want to say maybe it's helping with branding a little bit. You know, yeah. you're the brandy wine guy. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what we want, right? Exactly. And my thing too, is that I've had prospects before where they came into my door at, you know, one neighborhood that wasn't a good fit for them. But then when they come into my door at the next neighborhood and they end up buying, I already have that rapport from that first neighborhood. So I'm always trying to be, make sure I'm aware of that too, because it's happened. I've sold a house where I met a buyer two years later and they bought a house for me because they remembered and they already had that uh, relationship established too. So I think it's just important to always, even if it's not a good fit right now, you got to look over the long run and and it could be a good fit in the year. It could be a commission in, the, in a year or two. <laughs> well, to kind of wrap this up, I want to look forward a little bit. Um, and maybe not just forward, but I would like to hear your insights about marketing and communications today, especially with millennial buyers, first-time buyers. That's kind of where you're at right now, working with first-time buyers. As far as our communication goes, what, you know, are you seeing anything that you feel like we're not doing, or we could be doing better as marketing and communications people with shoppers and buyers? Um, what could we improve on? I think, you know, I, I love, I would like to 
try and I've heard of bomb bomb. I want to start using that a little bit more for video updates. I use bomb bomb. Okay. So I, I definitely want to give that a shot. Um, we definitely, we always write down our emails with the construction progress and stuff too, but to actually show it in video, I think is always better. And, um, I think even, I think the future is going to be texting your buyers too, to sell homes and stuff too. I think that's coming up quick. I've had, you know, I, I always like to have everything in writing and do emails a traditional way, but I've had these past couple of houses we've closed where they've, we've only texted and that's been how it works. And that's kind of what's most comfortable. You have to do what's most comfortable for your buyers because that makes the process so much easier on both parties. Do you see that as a difference between, um, I mean, are most of the people buying that you're selling homes to right now, are they millennials? Um, it's very mixed actually. It's mixed. So totally. We have, um, our products are two, three, and four bedrooms. So two bedrooms, we might have some younger kind of millennial couples. We also have some empty nesters that are in two bedrooms too. So it's kind of all over the place. Um, we do have a lot of Carson locals that have been buying from us, but even at that too, you know, I, I always thought too, I might have some of the kind of older buyers who would prefer emails or prefer a phone call, but they'll be texting me too. And that's just what they're used to nowadays. That's what I was wondering, just, you know. I was wondering that same thing, just in terms of, you know, the different generations of buyers, you know, when uh, going through the pandemic um, and, you know, the, you know, people have been forced to learn new technology. And I'm wondering that from a salesperson side, you know, and doing, you know, maybe it's, you know, different for the reels, but, um, you know, the video calls has everyone seemed to, you know, taken on to the, you know, the new, you know, ways of doing business with you guys at the same level, or, you know, do you see, you know, a resistance to it, you know, that, you know, you have a, uh, the older generation that still, you know, is wanting to come in more or they're wanting to phone, you know, to use phone calls or, or is it leveling out where, um, you know, everyone's, you know, going in the same direction? Um, I would say it's probably leveling out, leveling out more uh, just because even the, you know, in, in our kind of, older buyer profile, they might not follow the Instagram account and that's okay, but I'll still, I'll send them the pictures too. So that's the good thing about it too, is that I'm not doing double the work. I mean, you guys with Instagram reels and TikTok too, right? We can use the same video for both platforms. I can use the same photo that I'll include in my report to corporate office on Sundays that I do to my Instagram account, to my buyers too. So, um, I think, you know, like I said, they might not follow the Instagram account or see the videos and stuff, but they're, they're going to get the content anyways, too. And I think just the, the visualization, that's what's important nowadays, too. You're, you know, um, we're, we're exposed. And I know you guys from marketing, right? There's, I'm sure there's some statistic at how much content we're exposed to so frequently that our attention goes in, what, three seconds or something. People make a decision so quickly nowadays, too. So I think the more content we can get them, the more we can be in front of their faces, the better. Having a sales agent on, and this is something that, um, you know, if you go back to, you know, some of our other you know podcasts we've talked about and we do a trends report, you know, and we've talked about it there um, is um, I've been really interested in asking, a, you know, a sales agent, you know, that we had we got these numbers about what's been going on during the pandemic in terms of buyers buying homes sight unseen, you know, um, and, you know, just doing the virtual tours and, you know, really, you know, you know, putting offers on homes before they've seen anything, you know, now with builders, it's a, it's a different process. And with some of our builders, I know, you know, they're required to at least walk the lots, you know, before they're able to, you know, put an offer in because we got priority lists and all that stuff. And we want to make sure nobody falls through and um, all of that. And then maybe you're looking at a model, you know, but um, are you seeing, you know, um, 
more of a buyer that, you know, doesn't need to walk the physical model, um, you know, that that's not as important right now, you know, versus um, before? That I would say is, I would say majority of people are fine without walking a model nowadays. There are still people that need to walk through model home. Um, for example, at Upton, we sold over half our development prior to opening our model homes. Even at that too, I have eight different floor plans technically, and we only had two of them modeled. So people didn't have a choice, but to, you got to use the virtual tour. So I know virtual is so important nowadays. Um, and, and I think too, in the, in the buying market that is, it's a frenzy out there right now too. Like I said, I'm looking for myself. It's crazy. And so with that, if people are happy to get a home is how I've kind of felt. And, and I think too, it's all about location, obviously, just like it all has always been. Um, but it's, you know, and I think there's something too about buying a new home where there's that little bit of peace of mind that you have your warranty, you have customer service. So I think that's definitely helped overcome it. But yeah, I'm I with you. I totally, when I started selling this development, I was like, you guys were selling way too early. And I was nervous too, because I, I don't know if I could have back then bought a house sight unseen or without walking through the floor plan or even a framed house. Um, and sure enough, people were doing, it surprised me. But again, now it's kind of just, that is what it is now, right? Just like with the market, it, it's what it was two months ago. That's kind of back then. This is normal now. Move forward. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Piggybacking on the whole trends report, because personalization is one of the things we talked about and you had brought up bomb bomb. So within the first week of the shutdown, I signed up for bomb bomb and I sent a video to all of every one of my clients and just to talk about video, you know, to be like, listen, there's things like this out here. Bomb bomb is such a great tool. I just like, I don't sell bomb bomb, but a little sales pitch for it, for people who might be curious and looking for ways to communicate that are more personalized with their buyers. Bomb bomb is great because you can walk around. It, it connects with your email. So you can walk around with your phone and I just, I would love to see this, but one day a week or whatever, you pick a day and you go walk the lots under construction and you just stand on whichever buyer's lot, go into the email, click the bomb bomb link and make a quick video. You can show them around like, Hey, this is what happened this week. And it's like, send. And it's this video from you. It's so easy. Um, and it tracks analytics, which is, I love. So it knows if people have opened and watched. And also once you connect it to your email, it, um, it tracks all your email. So it lets you know, like on a sidebar, if someone's opened your email, if they've clicked on links, all of that, which I find very, very useful. So sometimes I know if like an email went to spam because no one clicked on it, you know, and that's oftentimes like what happened. Um, so I don't know. I love it. Like the analytic tracking side of BombBomb is pretty cool. The price, I don't love. It's like $50 a month. So you want to be using it. But I think it's so worthwhile. It's such a great way to personalize with your buyers. Have you, um, let me ask you this. Have you heard of my home story too? My home story? No. What's that? It was, so I was on a LinkedIn um, seminar and it's basically with these, these builder guys and in Texas and um, Midwest and stuff. And I think it's kind of similar to that, but it's basically where a buyer can create an account and you can send community updates through my home store. I'm looking into it a little bit more too. I was curious if you guys, yeah, but it's meant for builders and it's meant for developments and stuff too. And so I thought, you know, that's worth a shot too. Cause I know even 
I've been guilty of it too, where I've sent out updates and I kind of send it high up in phase two buyers and I haven't done individual. I know now the new normal is you want to make sure your, your emails are individual to buyers too. So there's that personal touch. Um, so whatever tools can help with that. I mean, the more the merrier, in my opinion. Oh, we love that. Okay. Good tip. I'm going to look into that. And if there's like a link too, uh, we'll link that up in our show notes as well. So other people can check it out and we'll link bomb bomb too. So people can go see that there's so much cool stuff that you can use, especially on the personalization front, which we wrote about as a trend for 2022, but we're not the only ones. Like this is a big trend. This is what people are wanting, you know? So it's interesting. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today, John. That was fun. Yeah, thank you. I had a great time. Is there anything you want to share that we didn't ask you about? No, just sign up for that Instagram account. Get started. That's my biggest thing. That was fun. I appreciate you taking the time to sit with us on what I think might be your day off. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. You're the best. Well, enjoy the rest of the day. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Homebuilder Happy Hour. Make sure to follow us on all our social media pages to stay updated on what's happening at Get Community. You can find all of our social media handles in our show notes for this episode. We'll see you next time. And remember to make every hour in life your happiest hour.